This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to ponder and to proclaim our Sunday Mass readings. And today we are entering into the fifth week of Easter, this fifth Sunday of Easter, May 15th. And I want to open with an Easter prayer. And I really want to encourage you to continue to wish people a blessed Easter. Happy Easter. They may give you kind of an interesting look, like wasn't Easter several weeks ago, but it's a season. It's a time. Time, similar to Christmas time, which is a lot shorter, but we have these seasons, times to really recall the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his gifts of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes at Pentecost, which is that beautiful close of the Easter season. This is the Easter prayer. It was provided by the Archdiocese of Portland, and so I want to open today's fifth Sunday of Easter with this prayer. Will you join me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit? Amen. God, our Father, by raising Christ your Son, you conquered the power of death and opened for us the way to eternal life. In our celebration of Easter, may your Spirit within us raise us up and renew our lives May we live and serve others after the example of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. We ask this in his holy name and with the intercession of our blessed mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this month of May is also dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So it's so wonderful that our Blessed Mother... She really is the one, the key saint to bring us and lead us into her son's life, Jesus Christ. So the fifth Sunday of Easter, we hear continually the story of the Acts of the Apostles. Today, I just want you to listen, and I encourage you to read more of the Acts of the Apostles, because if you hear what's going on before and after these accounts that we hear in the liturgy, you start to get a sense of of the movement of the church, the beginning of this community, the way, you know, those who follow the way. And so I, I love to hear the story of Paul and Barnabas. Every year that I hear these words proclaimed and I read the scriptures, I get a little bit better glimpse of, you know, what could it have been like at the beginning of the start of Christ's church? This is Acts 14 for this fifth Sunday of Easter. After Paul and Barnabas had proclaimed the good news to that city and made a considerable number of disciples, 
They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting commended them to the Lord in whom they had put their faith. Then they traveled through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word at Perga, they went down to Italia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now accomplished. And when they arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. The word of the Lord. Today's psalm comes from Psalm 145. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Let them make known your might to the children of Adam and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages and your dominion endures through all generations. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The second reading comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will always be with them as their God." He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death or mourning, wailing or pain, for the old order has passed away. The one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. The Word of the Lord. Our gospel reading for the fifth Sunday of Easter comes from John chapter 13. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, 
so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you might say that Jesus has raised the bar, that he has raised up this idea of love for one another. And I'm going to get to that as we reflect on these beautiful readings in the church. I want to open up the gospel. I want to open up the readings, actually, the book of Acts. And it really does help, again, to get the context of what's happening in the scriptures when we hear. That's why I think it's so unfortunate if there's people out there who go to Mass and they go on Sunday and they hear the readings for Sunday Mass, but they don't have any other day of the week or they're not reading in the lectionary or a missal to know what's going on in this story. There's so much in the scriptures and I'm just scratching the surface. I mean, I am just a, a learner like you. I, I'm, I'm listening to the word. I'm pondering the word. I want the word to become who I am, the word of God. And so we go to the Acts chapter 14, and we're in the middle of this chapter. And if you go before what we hear proclaimed today, you know, Paul says in this reading, he says, he's exhorting them to persevere in the faith. These are new Christians. They're changing their lives. It's a radical change. And he even says that it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, that's what Paul is saying. And right before this, we hear that Paul and Barnabas are at Lystra. There's a whole encounter of them actually healing a crippled man. God heals through them. But what happens is, the people around Paul and Barnabas see this healing, and instead of recognizing Jesus Christ, Christ crucified, whom they're teaching about, is the one who, who brought about the healing, and he is the one true God and Messiah, they start to think that Paul and Barnabas are gods, like Zeus and Hermes. And so they start to look at worshiping Paul and Barnabas instead of worshiping the one true God that they represent, that they're followers of. They're not God, and they never proclaim to be a God. But the people in this particular instance misunderstood what's going on with this incredible miracle. And so at one point, the Jews from Antioch and Iconium, they won over these crowds who were kind of misinformed. They were excited about the healings, but they weren't getting the picture about this is an origin of Jesus Christ's power in his resurrection. And so they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, left him for dead. So Paul must have been pretty in pretty bad shape. And then the disciples come around Paul and he got up and entered the city and then he and Barnabas left. And then we get to this reading. So I just think about Paul 
and Barnabas have had these incredible encounters with uh, miraculous healings. They're trying to start new communities in the church and, and with a lot of persecution, with a lot of adversity and a lot of um, difficulty, stoning. Can We read about stoning, the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr, the deacon. We hear about the woman who is going to be stoned to death until the intercession of Jesus. And then here we hear of Paul, and I think this is only one incidence of many, that Paul and Barnabas and the followers of Jesus would have these violent attacks against them. And so here's Paul saying, and he's strengthening the spirits of the disciples. You know, can you imagine what the Holy Spirit must be doing in the life of Paul and Barnabas as they come across these new people trying to teach the faith. They themselves are encountering much adversity, but it doesn't stop them. It doesn't dissuade them. It doesn't discourage them. You and I could be discouraged and they could have been discouraged. And yet they held on to the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they were given in order to do the mission they were entrusted to do. And you and I, we just celebrated last Sunday, Good Shepherd Sunday. We, sh we celebrated vocations. And I hope that you celebrated the vocation of your parish priest. If you have a deacon serving in your parish, if you have seminarians that have been part of your community and serving in some way, if you have religious brothers and sisters that come and serve, maybe they're teaching in some way. And of course, our married couples, the vocation of marriage, that we celebrate vocations. And so Paul has this vocation of bringing about Christ and starting the church. And, and this is what the beauty is of the love of Paul. And I want to share this because I think it ties so much into Jesus's new commandment. It says that they appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting. So with all of this love and sacrifice that Paul and Barnabas, the, the leaders, wanted to make sure they entrusted the people with good shepherds, with good guides, with elders. And so it's out of the love that they received from Jesus Christ, the love of God, that they appointed these elders, I think of them as good shepherds, these leaders in the church, so that as they go traveling to other places and encounter more hardships, more stonings, maybe some shipwrecks, uh, who knows, imprisonments, that along the way, they're building up the church by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're also with prayer and fasting, you know, how much their selflessness, their sacrifice for the good of the other. They want the others to, to have the best shot at receiving love of God, living out that love faithfully, because they know it's going to be hard, because they know that their enemies are going to attack them. They know that there's going to be difficulties and people will persecute them for their beliefs and they be shunned. They may be shunned in different places in their villages or where they used to be able to go and be accepted. If they say that they're Christians, they may not be able to go. And we today, if you have that belief that Jesus Christ taught, 
You not, may not be allowed in a school. You may not be allowed to teach. You may not be allowed to be in a particular community. Oh, you have that belief, that belief in the sanctity of human life. You know, that every life is sacred. For much of our culture, they've distorted dignity of life. They've distorted what is the truth. They've taken a little kernel of the truth and turned it to deception, lies, and really death. But Jesus is the key to life. The gift of the Psalms here today I will praise your name. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. No matter what happened to Paul and Barnabas, they were going to praise the name of Jesus. So even in the midst of hardship, and of course in the times where you're excited about the successes of people coming into the church, we were excited at Easter Vigil when there were baptisms and confirmations. And now many of our young people are being confirmed. We have First Holy communion for many young ones. And it's a really joyful time in the church. And yet so many of you have prayers for your siblings, maybe even for your spouse, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your great-grandchildren of those who are not practicing a Christian faith. Would you agree with that? That there's one person that you love in your life that you feel through the example of how they live their lives, that they don't love the Lord. They don't, they don't know the Lord or they've chosen not to know the Lord and to know the world and the wonder and the enticements and the luxuries of the world. But we should be persistent. We're called to be persistent. And the example of Paul and Barnabas for me just encourages me that when the things outside in the world get difficult, And it becomes harder for us to engage in the mainstream because we're being canceled, because things are being shut down, because the the beliefs of the truth are being turned off, banned, that we need to persist with love. And, And that takes us to the final reading with the gospel of John. Again, In this gospel, chapter 13, we're going back to the the Lord's Supper and Holy Thursday, really, which is the institution of the Eucharist and that beautiful example of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And remember that at this point in the supper, all of the 12 disciples were around Jesus. And really, this is... Jesus's final discourse. It's the final time that he's going to have, and he knows this, the apostles don't really understand it, that this is the final time. How many of you, and I know some right now because I just attended a funeral this week with three siblings who spent the last moments of their father's life on earth with him in the hospital room with a priest how many of you have had the privilege of being with a loved one when they took their last breath? I haven't had that privilege. I've heard stories and accounts of, of that 
of that moment. And maybe that person is conscious. Maybe that person is unconscious or, or is not able to communicate verbally what's going on. But Jesus was able to communicate verbally. He knew his death was coming down the road, but he also knew that that death was the sacrifice for life, for all of mankind forever, for eternity. So he was walking the road and he wanted to give his disciples that one final message. And so the message that we heard in the Old Testament of loving one another, and I had, I heard a homily from a priest who was reflecting that that would have probably meant you're loving your, your, your uh, fellow Jew, but not necessarily the fellow Sumerian or the others that are Gentiles. You know, you, you wouldn't necessarily love your enemy, but Jesus here in this great commandment, I give you a new commandment. He's, he's raising the bar. He is emphasizing this radical love. It's not just a love when it's easy to love. Isn't it easy to love those who love us? L those who make us smile, those who give us words of appreciation, those who send us gifts. Isn't it great to love those people in our lives? But what about those who we look at and we think, I'm disgusted in your lifestyle. I don't know how you could be living that kind of life. I don't know how you could be promoting that type of a philosophy. There are people in the world that we think that of if we really get honest with ourselves, right? But Jesus says, love one another, not just love one another, when it's convenient, but as I have loved you. And Jesus washed the foot of Judas, who he knew was going to betray him. And he knew that Satan entered him and Satan would lead him to a life of death, destruction and lies and deceit. Yet Jesus loved him. He gave him the love of his father. And we are called to love again and again, even if that person won't forgive us, even if that person betrays us. Now, Jesus didn't say, be the best friend of all those people who may hurt you and harm you, but we are called to love them genuinely. And here's the thing. Can you do that on your own? I can't do it on my own. Can I love some of the people that are in my life or in the world today by myself with my own self-enlightenment? Absolutely not. I need God's grace. I need God's grace. I need him through the sacramental life of the church. I need his love. I need to know that love. I need to receive that love and appreciate that love and reflect that love so that even when I am harmed, emotionally, physically, spiritually harmed, I will say, I love that person because God loves that person. Lord, give me the strength to love that person as you love them, as you love me, because God's love is everlasting. And even if we get stung, we are called to a different 
life. We are called to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus Christ. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Let's close with this prayer. It's called the St. Francis Prayer, Praising Mary, the Mother of God. And this month of May, again, dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, pray with me. Hail, O Lady, Holy Queen, Mary, Holy Mother of God. You are the Virgin-made church, chosen by the Most Holy Father in heaven, whom he consecrated with his Most Holy Beloved Son, and with the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, in whom there was and is all fullness of grace and every good. Hail his palace, hail his tabernacle, hail his dwelling, hail his robe, hail his servant, hail his mother, and hail all you holy virtues, which are poured into the hearts of the faithful through the grace and enlightenment of the Holy Spirit that from being unbelievers, you may make them faithful to God. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Have a blessed week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.